Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast. My name is Tom Collins and for this episode I'll be filling in as the host as our regular presenter Jess Stafford is away on a much-deserved break. Fortunately, I'm not here by myself. I'm joined by my trusty companion Ross Miller. Ross, how are you doing and are you still in flat mode or are you switching to the jumps very soon? I'm still in flat mode TC but I'm itching towards jumps mode I've, and to be fair I've stayed in flat mode a lot longer than mm-hmm. I would normally so uh, yeah um, it, it's been an exciting season on the flat which has helped but yeah starting to see some of these stable tours and news of jockey changes with you know stables and whatnot starts to get you thinking of the the mud flying soon yeah exactly and you know what it's only a couple of weeks until we see Chepstow one of the the, the brilliant opening uh, fixtures of the jump season we'll be covering that I'm, I'm sure on one of these podcasts but for now, we're still in flat mode. We've got the Air Gold Cup this weekend, the Mill Reef at Newbury. But before we touch on the weekend action, let's look back at last week and some talking points. We had St. Ledger Day at Doncaster, got moved from Saturday to Sunday, but it went ahead. Uh, we got to watch that classic with some fantastic three-year-olds, albeit not, a, not an amazing addition, in my opinion. And we also had Irish Champions Weekend at the Corra and Leopardstown. Two days of great action. Luxembourg won the Irish Champion Stakes. Pearls Galore took the matron. Highland Princess won the Flying Five. And Kiprios just proved his dominance once again in the Irish St. Ledger. Ross, let's talk about Irish Champions Weekend first. Who was your standout performer? Was it any of the, the names I've mentioned there or was it another horse that I haven't yet mentioned? So, I mean, you couldn't fail to be impressed by Kiprios. He just looks so straightforward, so tough. Everything you sort of expected Galileo to be, honestly. Um and we had uh, Giants Causeway as, as one iron horse. I sort of uh, said to a friend of mine, this could be the, the second iron horse because he just doesn't look like everyone wants to lie down. And then the one that really impressed me was Tahira, uh, Dermot Wilds filly. I thought she looked exceptional because I think Meditate perhaps wasn't suited by the ground over that seven furlongs. But she shot clear. Ryan Moore took a length out of them going to the furlong pole. And Tahira just had everything covered quick and tight twice in that soft round. I think she's an exceptional filly. She deserves a place at the head of the market for the next year's 1,000 guineas. Yeah, they're the two horses I was uh, actually thinking of. I was going to mention to hear it if you didn't. Um, Kiprios, I think, is the next Yates. He headed into the, the Irish St. Ledger two pounds worse than Yates at this point of his career. Yates finished second, Kiprios won. I think they're very similar types. And I would imagine next year, Kiprios is just going to be dominant in the staying division. And to hear it, as you mentioned, very impressive in the Moy Glare. Beat Meditate, now four to one favourite for the 1,000 guineas. Love did the double. Um, she won the, the Moigler back in 2018 before winning the 1,000 guineas in a three-year-old campaign. At this stage, I know we're a long way out, Ross, but at this stage, is to hear of the horse to beat in the Classic. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I can't think of anything that's, that's near her. Uh, you've got Statuette that hasn't been seen. She was impressive. She's, and she was a very big physical, so you'd expect her to be better at three. So uh, of what we've seen so far, she's the standout. Statuette is perhaps the one that could... Uh, yet challenge for sort of um, top honours going into the guineas, I think. Yeah, definitely. She's a, an unexposed and unlikely race type. Nathan O'Brien just does so well with his horses too. Uh, let's briefly touch on the St. Ledger as well while we're here. The winner was Eldar Elderov. Uh, I didn't like him beforehand one bit. I thought he was, uh, you know, very short in the market given what he'd achieved. Favourite New London, who was my selection last week's pod, came second. Uh, he was a short price, a little bit disappointing in my opinion. Gia Velotto was uh, leapfrogged from fourth to third after a steward's inquiry. What did you make of this year's St. Ledger? It, it, it was an exciting race to watch, wasn't it? Because of the, the scrimmaging and you could watch it a few times and, and, and get a good look at it. But it was a disappointing heat, really, for the final classic of the year. Um, you know, 
are we ever going to see a, a horse go for the triple crown again tc i mean it, it seems unlikely to me um you'd be more likely to get a horse trying to do a triple crown if the third leg was over six furlongs and if it was over a mile and six so it's something needs to be done and i think it sort of comes all back to prize money and people are wanting a quick bang for their buck fast two-year-olds breeders are providing what owners and buyers want um and and these lovely staying types are a fair rare commodity now so uh, it's a worrying time i think for the scent ledger because it's been a while now since we've had a, a good addition um and this was probably as poor as it has been for a number of years i would have thought yeah if you look at the rpr the winning rpr for eldar elderob it's the lowest since 2016 when harbour law won the scent ledger so it was a pretty weak addition on paper beforehand and it kind of proved to be that um after the races as well in my opinion um, I still think the best horse finished second there in New London, but maybe he just didn't show his best that day. Um, and before we go into the, this week's action, one more thing we should talk about, and that's Baid. The horse that's been on everyone's lips all season, the talking horse, um, a fantastic horse for William Haggis and Shadwell. Brilliant, just wins every race he runs in. We thought he might be going to the Ark, but no. William Haggis has confirmed uh, on Wednesday this week that he's going to the Champion Stakes. Do you think that's a good decision? Um, I think what I think doesn't, doesn't matter the same as sort of all of Twitter, really. It doesn't matter what we think. William Haggis was being pretty clear all season. The arc was never mentioned until he looked like a, a thorough stayer last time over his first try at 10 furlongs. Um, I think if that's what they want to do, great. The arc does tend to get run on soft ground. And I know a few people were saying, oh, with the weather forecast, that, you know, more likely to get soft ground for the champions. But yeah, but he'll only be running over 10 furlongs on soft ground. You know, a mile four on soft ground in France is a very different uh, proposition. They clearly want him to go undefeated. Um, I think uh, winning over a mile four and winning the arc, I can't imagine it's going to make a whole lot of difference to, you know, breeders wanting to use him. They'll want to use him regardless. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just very happy we're going to see him again. He'll probably go off short odds on um, and uh, he'll probably canter home but what a lovely thing to have a horse come right through its career unbeaten go out sound when it's intended to go out sound and we've lost a lot of horses this year you know the derby winner hasn't run since they're a very fragile animal let's celebrate William Haggis managing his career so beautifully and you know with flat we haven't got to wait that long and we'll see baby Baid on the track soon yeah, very true. Um, I know people have strong opinions, as you mentioned on Twitter about this. I'm very indifferent. I don't think the art is this race that everyone should all look, always look forward to at the end of the season as, you know, the Cheltenham Festival of the flat season. I just think if you want to run in the arc, you run in the arc. And if you want to go to the Champion Stakes, you go to the Champion Stakes. There's more value in this horse, Bayeed, winning his last race than going to the arc and potentially being beaten. So as you've touched on, I think it's probably a wise decision. He should win that race. Um, it should be a good renewal as well, I think, if Badani goes there and others. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that in October, but that's still a month away. Let's get back to this weekend's action now. Air Gold Cup is the featured race. There's the Mill Reef at Newbury, but this 25-runner handicap has to be the race that we talk about. They're going to hurtle down the sixth furlong course at air. Generally pays to be drawn middle to high, but at the same time, you've had good horses running well from low draws in recent years. Great Ambassador last year was drawn one and finished second. So you can't write off the low draws. £150,000 up in prize money, over 77000 to the winner. So it's a big pot, a race that many trainers will have targeted. The current favourite is Kanjar. He's 4-1. to one. He's trained by William Haggis that we've already touched on, also owned by Shadwell, much like Baid. This is just his seventh career start. He's going to be a very short price favourite in here. 8-1 to one for Comanche, full second in the market. Then you've got the ever-reliable Summergan in behind and last year's winner, Bielsa. 
Ross, extremely tricky race. Not an easy one for us to be talking about, but it's a, one, a race that every punter wants to find out our opinions of. So who do you like in the Air Gold Cup this year? Well, TC, let it not be said that the uh, SBK podcast, the content isn't tailored around what the punter wants, not what the pundit wants, because uh, 25 racing over six furlongs would uh, not be my choice for a race to look at. Um, I think three-year-olds haven't got an overly great record in this. I think when I looked, I could see two in about the last 10 years, but a, a few that have hit the frame. But I tend to perhaps have a slightly better grasp on the three-year-olds, having done juvenile watch for a couple of years so last year's two-year-olds coming in as this year's three-year-olds um and so i've got two i like at fairly decent prices uh, the first is gives us up from uh, kevin ryan um he'd been really disappointing at the start of the season but he was gelded before his last run uh, at uh, york last time and despite getting bumped coming out the stalls which kind of was curtains for the race to be honest he stayed on quite nicely he's beaten just over three lengths under fairly tender handling from graham lee um He's a clearly a high-class horse. I mean, he chased home uh, Lucille in the gym crack last year. Kevin Ryan thought enough of him this year. His work's not been good enough to run him in the Commonwealth Cup just two starts ago. Um, he's off a decent mark now. He's got plenty of ability. He's not one to rely on for certain. But if that gelding operation did mean he took a step back in the right direction last time, and I liked how he finished his race off at York, even though he came from a fair way back, I think he's got decent claims um over this over this six rings only had nine starts you know he's still fairly unexposed as a as a sprinter um and then the next one i like is admiral d um i think seven furlongs stretched him last time at doncaster um i think coming back to this fast run six will suit him beautifully um he's two pound lower now than uh, when chasing home a, a really smart filly a day in asia um at uh, ascot two runs ago now she's 10 pound higher now off a mark of 98 and he was trying to give her seven pound on that occasion it was a decent run i think he's another horse with decent form at six furlongs osha mcsweeney's very good for his five pound claim he's impressed me this year um and again just another one with just 11 starts so he's got plenty of progression i think those two both around about 25 to one uh would where i'd be splitting my stake and, and looking yeah, fair enough. A couple of long shots. This is the kind of race that you want to be finding a big price uh, horse. You have to admit, you've got multiple places up for grabs. And, you know, we've got a short price favourite in Kanja, or relatively short price, given the, the stature of this race. And then big prices elsewhere. So, look, I can't fault you for putting up two big prices. I think Kizza Sub is currently 20s, Admiral D is 25s. But both of these horses might slightly drift before the off or get backed if, if Ross's money's on. Um, I'm not overly keen to take on Kanja. Now, I'm going to because he's a short price. But at the same time, I think he's by far the most likely winner. William Haggis is probably the best trainer at placing his horses into big field handicaps um, in, that we've got in Britain. I think he's phenomenal at doing that. He manages to campaign his horses so well that they don't go up the handicap despite potentially being group horses. Um, this horse is running off the mark of 100. I loved how he got on top late last time at Haydock. And this faster gallop will suit him. So there's the case for Kanjar, but he's not the selection. The selection is 5,000 to 1. And this horse was really highly tried early in his career. I remember uh, writing a stable tour back in 2020, and Andrew Balding said this horse could be uh, the next big thing. Not exactly those words, but in other words. Um, and he was actually second in the Mill Reef on this day back in 2020. He went from there um, and ran in the Dewhurst, finished seventh. It wasn't a great effort. And since then, he's found life really difficult. But that's largely due to the fact that he's been far too keen in his races. He just wants to go hard early and just waste so much energy that he just has nothing left in the closing stages. Now, he, run in the, he ran in this race last year as a three-year-old off the mark of 102, and he finished ninth of 24. 
but he was drawn low down over the far side. And apart from Great Ambassador, no horse got involved. So I think he actually ran far better than it, what it suggests on paper. He took advantage of a falling mark last time out at Goodwood. He ran off just 91, travelled beautifully, finished his race well and beat a course specialist in many a star. Under a £5 penalty off a mark of 96, I think he's a major player in here under Graham Lee. Don't love his draw, but Kanjar's drawn in five. He's drawn in three. And Bergerac, who's one of the pace players, is drawn in eight. So we should get a nice toe into the race. Right then, Ross, this is the moment where the listeners actually start to pay attention. They think in the Air Gold Cup, 25 runners, you know, I can make a case for plenty here. What they want to know is who is your best bet on Saturday? Please tell them. They'll be disappointed to hear, TC. I found it really hard to find a, a, a nap. I had a few going into the weekend. High Bank from uh, Godolphin was entered up. I thought he looked like a, a good one. All non-runners. So I've come down on one that I actually mentioned in my uh, racing TV posts this week. Um, early on in the stages and that's wallop in the mill reef now goes in with just one run under its belt um be some effort to shed its maiden tag in this uh, group too but it doesn't look overly deep to me should have been a ring was a horse i followed after its first run i thought it was a, a certain winner next time and it did but i had no aspirations of it being a group two horse when i watched it early in the season i think this is a weak enough group two wallop had nice form on its debut at Newmarket, ran really well behind Noble Style, who went on and bolted up in the gym crack, and Mill Stream, who at the time people sort of used to knock the form against uh, Noble Style. But Mill Stream ran really well in the ACOM at, uh, at York, didn't get the trip of seven furlongs. So the, the bare result is, 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 is not a true reflection of how, how we ran. So I think Wallop's got decent form coming into this. Pretty much without exception, all of Richard Hannon's have taken a big step forward from their first run to their second this year. He's a double-figure price in a race that I think looks weak enough. He's a bit of a wild swing of a swing of a nap, and if you're cautious like me, you might you might want to play it each way. Yeah, Wallop's going to be around 11 to 1 with SBK for the Mill Reef, which is the 250 at Newbury on Saturday. Very interesting selection, I have to say. I didn't have a, a good look at the Mill Reef before this podcast, but. When I, when I saw your message to say that you're going to be napping Wallop, I definitely had a look. And yeah, I think it's an interesting bit of placement. They obviously think a lot of this cult. Um, Richard Hannon Sr. won the Mill Reef four times in his career as a trainer. He's the joint winning most trainer of this race. Richard Hannon Jr. is yet to train a winner. So potentially this year will be the time where he gets into the winner's enclosure. My nap is uh, far less sexy, let's say. It's in the 426 at Newmarket. And it's a horse called Sea Galaxy. Now, on our first two runs, we see the stars Philly look pretty slow over a mile for trainer William Haggis again. Um, but last time out in a two-runner race at Windsor, she was unconsidered in the market, which is ridiculous for a two-runner race, two-runner race no matter what. Um, and she tracked the Godolphin train favourite, and she quickened up nicely and stayed on powerfully over the one-mile two furlongs to beat the 85-rated runner-up. Sea Galaxy now enters handicap company off a mark of just 78, which I think is pretty lenient. There's plenty more improvements come over this trip. And she's my idea of the best bet on Saturday. Now, SBK offers place only um, odds on every race every day. So don't forget that. And make sure if you do like your place plays to go over to SBK and have a look at our odds for, for every race. Ross, I'm going to leave this section up to you this week because the only race that I've really studied in great depth for place plays was the Air Gold Cup. And we've already talked about that. But I know you've got one for us in the place play section. Who is it? So again, at, at Newbury in the 215, the Carl Burke trained at a girl. She's been pretty disappointing this year, having shown glimpses of ability last year. Um, she ran in some decent races and ran quite well on a number of occasions. Um, took a big step back in the right direction, I thought, last time. Staying on really well late in the day over five furlongs. Beaten about three lengths behind Manikan, 
Now, Manakan is 7-2 to two favourite. She's around about 25-1. to one. She'll definitely improve for stepping up to six, six furlongs. Uh, she is a pound worse off at the weight, so it's unlikely to see that she can legitimately uh, overturn Manakan. But I think she can get close to him. And if she gets close to him, she's going to go close in the race itself. Um, so at a decent price, and I think she's overpriced, at a girl in the 215 at Newbury. Yeah, another interesting selection. Big price there. Neil Callan takes the ride. He hasn't had a great couple of weeks. He's only one from 30, but he's a good rider, very experienced. So that wouldn't be necessarily a negative. Um, this horse has placed twice at double-figure prices in her career already. So I can definitely see the angle there. And it's actually her first run over six furlongs since July 2021. So if you believe she's going to improve for that, you know, there's definitely a big angle and at a big price. Why wouldn't you take the, take the chance? Um, one stat attack this week. Last week's stat attack one, I remembered this time about who I put up. Um, so we're two out of two for the last two weeks on stat attack. So hopefully make it three out of three here. And this stat attack comes at Wolverhampton, for those of you who love your all-weather racing, which I'm sure there are plenty. Um, <clears throat> trainer George Scott, he's six from 13 with his runners at Wolverhampton this year. 46% strike rate and a £1 level stakes profit of plus £22.99. Phenomenal stats for a trainer that wouldn't be fighting that high um, at any other venue, really, this season. His sole runner on the card is a horse called Cariad, a two-year-old filly. She goes in the opening nursery at 4.50. I was in the Sky Sports studio when she last ran. She looked beaten as they turned for home. She was five lengths back and going nowhere, and she flew in the closing stages to get up and win. I think she'll back up here, and, and you know, the stat attack just increases my confidence. Now, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. A reminder that all new SBK customers you deposit £10, you get £30 in free bets. T's and C's do apply as always. Please remember to subscribe if you're watching this uh, on Spotify or on YouTube and like the video as well. Those likes do mean plenty. There's lots of podcast content coming up in the future for the rest of the flat racing um, season and then to the jump season as well. We've got a new uh, NFL podcast as well on Spotify if you want to check that out. And we've got loads of other stable tours and footage from our SBK ambassadors. Good luck with all your selections this week, especially you, Ross, with those couple of big prices. Hopefully we get a couple of winners that we can boast about next Friday. Uh, and we'll catch everyone next week. <laughs> <laughs>